Welcome back to another episode of Lost in Translation. I am your host, Mr. VHS. Raptors versus Celtics. Bench versus Bench. First playoff matchup in the 25 years of the Raptors' existence between them and those Boston Celtics who have 17 NBA championship banners compared to the one by the Toronto Raptors. Despite the fact of the history behind the Boston Celtics, the better and more playoff experienced roster today is the Toronto Raptors. But with all the experience and the history behind it all, you need to throw all that out. No fans, no travel, no home court means whatever energy brought is from the locker room to the floor. So questions for today's games is how will both benches play during this series? The matchup between Kemba, Cardiac, Walker versus Fred Van Money Vleek and Lowry as well too. How will he dictate the pace at the point? You got Tatum versus Pascal versus Brown. Perimeter defense and offensive rebounds, which is a slight edge for the Raptors. And let's see if they can gang rebound like the Celtics do and limit the Celtics to a one and done on the offensive end. Overall, throughout the course of this playoff series, the Raptors are second in points behind the Los Angeles Clippers at 126 per game on average, usually hitting 17 to 18 threes out of the 41 attempted. Field goal percentage sits at 49.5 compared to the Clippers who are at 50. They are second. Boston in this overall scheme of things is ninth where they had 112 on average for their first series. Shot 39% from the floor. Made 11 to 12 threes on the 34 or 5 attempted. Shooting 35% from that distance behind arc. Raptors love the run and gun pace to push and they have a lot of green lights and a lot of equipped shooting for the Boston Celtics to worry about with Fred, Norm, Baca, even Paul, Marcus all I should say, will stretch it out and hit down those threes. Pascal, Davis off the bench, and Tom this as well too. But things switch up a little bit on the defensive end when they play Boston is first overall in this first four games, followed by the Miami Heat, who take on the Milwaukee Bucks, Lakers third, and the Raptors sitting fourth, just above the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Opponents' points per game are at 100. They shoot 33 from the floor, 39 from behind the arc, 
rebounding at 46, and Boston creates a lot of assists and steals going forward. The Raptors allow 105 to their opponents throughout this course of the bubble. So we'll see what really flip-flops here. Is the defensive contribution of the Boston Celtics greater because of the opponent they played in Philadelphia who have the ability to play big compared to the Raptors facing off against the Brooklyn Nets who were without anybody in particular and Allen was causing fits but there's no Allen for those Celtics they got Dice and they got Cantor run in the middle plus they got Grant Williams coming off the bench and Robert Williams as well too Wanamaker smart Hayward is out for the Boston Celtics and the Raptors roster and bench Davis, Lowry Norm, Thomas Van Vliet OG Bouchard don't know if he will get minutes, Hollis Jefferson Ibaka Gasol Pascal, it's going to be a joint effort on both parties Boston Celtics Always gang rebound offensively. They're very equipped to getting after the ball. The differential stats is a plus 20 in points for the Raptors compared to a plus 11 for the Boston Celtics. They are one and two in this category. Here, three-point shooting matches up. Field goal percentage. Raptors have a slight edge as well, too. Rebounding. Raptors with the edge. But everything needs to be dictated on the perimeter. One-on-one -on -one pick and rolls. There's no going to be a targeted offensive or defensive scheme for the Raptors in this series with LeBert being the equivalent to what Giannis was to them last year after being down 0-2 and fortifying it that wall and allowing them to play their defensive schemes but with the Boston Celtics you've got Tatum you've got Kemba Walker you got Jalen Brown you got Marcus Smart you got guys that can create off the dribble that you can isolate them as the primary ball handler and offensive threat so they're going to really need to play defense individually and collectively as a team in order to stop these Boston Celtics that are a plug-and-place team, as I stated earlier in previous podcasts, with putting in players off their bench and allowing them to just still strive forward. The Raptors have that as well, too, but it's going to be interesting to see when they are mixing the starters with the bench on who is equipped to handle those stretches in this series because players will be in foul trouble. Tatum was an issue in the first series versus the 76ers, but yet they could not capitalize on any of that throughout the course of the series where Boston swept the 76ers for nothing. The Raptors did take care of their own competition against the Brooklyn Nets, but as I said, they were down roughly four starters and key guys that next year 
going forward, the Nets will have a stronger and more dominant team pushing in the playoffs and in the regular season. But Toronto versus Boston. Today's matchup is at 1 p.m. And we will see which team decides to put their print early and often on this game. Collectively, everybody's got to own up and man up. Look for Fred to come out and have a big game in this one, as well as Siakam, and be able to sustain their energy when they're interchanging players and mixing and matching lineups against the Boston Celtics. If Tatum and Brown cannot stay out of foul trouble, this series will be a victory for the Toronto Raptors. And if the Raptors cannot keep Tatum in check, Brown in check, and the gang rebound against these Celtics who like to push the pace, play a systematical offense, and move the ball a lot. A lot of cutting, coming off passes, and they're less stagnant than the Brooklyn Nets were. So it should be very interesting to see what schemes the Raptors come up with defensively and what the Boston Celtics can dictate on their end of the court. That's my preview for the 1 p.m. game, Raptors versus the Boston Celtics. Like I said, in 25-year history, they have never played or faced the Boston Celtics in a playoff series ever. But as I stated as well, too, Nobody's traveling to the Garden. No one's coming to the ACC. Nobody is going anywhere but that locker room to the floor, and that energy has to come from within. So with all the support virtually online for fans showing their faces at games, what will the energy be from both teams knowing that winner moves on to the next round and the loser well, they leave the bubble and go back to what the world is as of now. But this series is going to be a great Eastern Conference matchup, just like the other Eastern Conference matchup between the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks on that end. I will be back to recap what transpired last night in the NBA, but first I have to give you the home court, no home court insight to the Raptors and the Celtics that kick off the second round at 1 p.m. I'll see you on the other side, folks. Welcome back to the recap of yesterday's events in the NBA and the WNBA. We start off with the Orlando Magic losing the series to the Milwaukee Bucks. Four games to one. 118-104 was that score. And leading the way was Giannis with 28 points in 27 minutes. 17 rebounds, three assists, and was just able to get what he wanted, where he wanted at any time. He was 11 for 17 from the floor. Middleton was also 
an asset in this win in the final two games of the series has really come about and given some offensive help for the Milwaukee Bucks. He finished with 21 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 7 for 16, and 3 for 8 from behind the three-point line. Lopez had 16, Bledsoe 10, Marvin Williams with 12, and Hill with 11 points. Despite Orlando's loss and not having the bodies to be able to compete with Isaacs and Michael Carter Williams, as well as Aaron Gordon not being able to see the floor in this series. Nicola was a beast throughout, despite only finishing with 22 in this game. He had 15 rebounds and five assists. Nine for 25 from the floor. Not one of his best shooting performances. He was three for 10 from behind the arc. But him and Fultz were the only two players that were productive. Fultz had 14. Augustine and Ross with 15 and 13 off the bench. But it was the shooting performance by the Orlando Magic that really took them out. They were 4 for 11 from three-point range in the first half. Shot under 40% from the floor. And the Bucks, well, during the course of the game, they had a 38, 38% field goal percentage. And by the end of that third quarter they were up to 52 while the magic went from a 36 percent field goal percentage down to a 34. it was very dominant performance by the milwaukee bucks who looked as if they wanted nothing but a series with the miami heat going forward and they get what they ask for. It should be very interesting in this series. Miami is the only team with a winning regular season record over the Milwaukee Bucks. So the East is set for its final four matchups in their conference with the Milwaukee Bucks facing off against the Miami Heat, who swept the Indiana Pacers, which in turn led to Nate McMillan's firing, which is, I can't really understand, but I guess everybody is just wanting to change after a loss that transpires in these playoffs within the Eastern Conference teams itself. But the Bucks, like I said, move on, and they are now up against the Miami Heat. We saw the O. KC Thunder lose a game to the Houston Rockets. To me, it felt like a game one series. The first game played between these two teams due to the fact that Westbrook was in the lineup. He did not look productive, but at the same time, neither did the Thunder, who were out of sorts 
Dennis Schroeder was the only individual that was able to maintain anything productive in this game. He had 10 straight points. It was 39-36 in the first half. The Rockets came out in the second half as a better team after a 43-46, 46, sorry, 43 lead at halftime. The Rockets were, the Thunder went on a 27-12 run to start the second quarter and were very dominant in that first half led by Schroeder. And then the second half kicked off with a 10-2 run by the Houston Rockets. And at 6.35, you had an altercation between Dennis Schroeder and P.J. Tucker. Tucker was called for an illegal screen. Replay showed nothing at first. But then we saw the reaction of Tucker when Schroeder was talking to the ref, headbutted him and uttered the words, hit me in my nuts and see what happens again. Schroeder played like he had no inclination of what was going on, had no idea what transpired. Then the replay showed the follow through of the arm now, is it a natural running motion or was that caused by the illegal screen? That's for them to just, to go through and discuss, but they called it a flagrant two. He was ejected from the game. Tucker was ejected from the game. And despite the fact that both players contribute to their teams in different ways, Schroeder was the only productive player on the offensive end for the OKC Thunder who lost and only mustered to score 18 points in the third quarter and 17 in the fourth. Houston, 37 in the third and 29 in that fourth quarter. Harden finished with 13 points, two rebounds, five assists, a steal and a block. Chris Paul, 16 points, six rebounds, three assists, and one block just really struggled from the floor. Paul had 16, Schroeder ended or was ejected with 635 in the third and was the high scorer for the Thunder at 19 points. Before his exit, he was six for 13 from the floor, four for five from free throw line and three for eight from behind. The arc Gallinari was only was able to score one point in 22 minutes. Shea Alexander with four points in 34 minutes. Adams, 12 points, 14 rebounds. And Darius with 10 points and 12 rebounds. It just seemed as if, well, Houston was able to get offensive contributions from Gordon with 20, Covington with 22, Harden 31, Green with 9, House with 7, and rebounding collectively as a team 
was better. Despite Westbrook's first game back, 24 minutes, 7 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, 4 fouls. He was 3 for 13 from the floor, 1 for 2 from the free throw line, and 0 for 2 from behind the arc. It gave an extra wave of energy for the Houston Rockets who seem to be struggling without him. And despite him having that lackluster performance, the Thunder didn't really do anything productive outside of Schroeder and his offensive ability to get to the bucket and being able to score. They were very passive and out of things and overall shot 32% from the field, 15% from three, seven for 46 7 for 46 from behind the arc. 29 of 92 from the floor. 15 of 23 from the free throw line. Rockets were 19 of 48 from three at 40%. And 43 of 100 at 43% from the floor. Rebounding. Assist-wise, 28 assists to the 11 for... The Thunder in favor of the Rockets. 12 steals. Rockets compared to three. 18 turnovers for the Thunder. 20 points off those turnovers as well, too. And we just had the ability to really take everything they wanted because the Thunder were not putting up a fight. They go up 3-2 in that series and looking for a rebound game because it is a do-or-die situation for the Thunder who could be packing up and going home if they lose game number six and the series would be 4-2. But right now it's 3-2 for the Rockets over the Thunder. And Portland has been officially eliminated from the bubble, missing Dame Dollar and Zach Collins as well, too. They lose 131-122. Anthony Davis, 43 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 14 for 18 from the floor. Very sniperish in regards to getting the productivity out of, well, I would say a big man, but people tend to forget how he plays or played or still is playing the days when he was with the New Orleans Pelicans and what he was able to do and how gifted he was at Kentucky as well, too. They tend to overlook that. And I guess he's reminding people of what really is LeBron James triple-double, 36 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. LA shot 54% from the floor. Mind you, if someone's going 14 from 18 and scores 43, that's going to increase that. Both teams hit the free throw line 26 times, both shooting 21 for 26. Three-point shooting, 14 for 36 were the Lakers, 13 for 27 were the Portland Trailblazers. It was an overall statistically even matchup, but just with the Lakers being more productive despite the fact 
halftime really made everything even Steven and coming out the gate 32 to 24 in that third quarter really was the difference maker and defensively the Lakers have stepped it up as well too being down Lillard really causes other players to get it going Anthony had 27 Nurkic had 16 and 10 Whiteside only two points seven rebounds Trent with 16 McCollum 36 Simmons 13 but just wasn't enough as the Lakers had Caldwell Pope 14 Green Mustard 5 Kuz with 8 Crusoe 7 Howard 11 points and 6 rebounds the Lakers still need more able bodies to be offensively minded on that second unit uh, Dion Waiters did not play due to migraines but should be interesting going forward with their matchup in the next round being the winner of the Thunder and the Rockets series small ball versus Chris Paul ball would be the matchup the Lakers are looking at going forward and the WNBA we saw the New York Liberty defeat sorry get defeated by the Las Vegas Aces 80 to 63 the Vegas is 12 and 3 overall record and the Liberty are 2 and 13 Amanda with 6 points 21 rebounds in the loss for the Liberty Asia Wilson having a bubble of a performance throughout this WNBA season 20 points 7 rebounds 3 steals and 5 blocks in the win for the Aces who have put their record to 12 and 3 and sit a game behind the Seattle Storm, who defeated the Chicago Sky 88 to 74. Natasha Howard, 17 points, 15 rebounds, one steal, and one block. Courtney Vandersloot, nine points, three rebounds, nine assists, three steals, and one block in the loss to the Seattle storm both teams not shooting the ball that well from the three-point line but the four for 13 to 31 percent for seattle and the four for 21 at 19 percent for the chicago sky points off turnovers was 22 to 17 15 turnovers though for seattle 14 for Chicago. This game was relatively even throughout the course of this matchup, but the dominant performance throughout the game by the Seattle Storm just kept the Chicago battling uphill all the time and could not get over that hump at all. Brianna Stewart had 21 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Lloyd, 12 points Prince with 10 
Sue Bird did not play in this event as well either. Williams with 10. Cooper had 19. Quigley had 11 in the loss for Chicago against the Seattle Storm, who are now 13 and 3. The Chicago Sky are 10 and 6. And the Dallas Wings defeat the Indiana Fever 82 to 78. It's a ball with 18 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block for the Dallas Wings. Kelsey Mitchell with 19 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals in the loss to the Dallas Wings. Today's matchups in the WNBA. You have the Connecticut Suns versus the Washington Mystics at 4 p.m. Phoenix Mercury versus the Minnesota Link at 6 and the Atlanta Dream versus the LA Sparks at the 8 p.m. slot. NBA's games today featured the Raptors versus the Celtics. That's at 1 p.m., followed by Dallas looking to not be eliminated. Dude, well, they're down Porzingis. Let's see if they can put together another game. And let's see if LA Clippers are just saying... We need to move on to the next round and put these guys behind us because giving them life might give them a purpose to knock them off going forward. So the Clippers look to take care of the business just like the Lakers did. They play the Dallas Mavericks, who being without Christoph Porzingis for the last, this is going to be the third game, mustered a win in one of them. And let's see if they can get another victory to push this to a best of seven, Kawhi Leonard is leading the way, averaging 32, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block for the Clippers. Luka, 28 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, a steal, and may be a block during his defensive contributions. That is the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Game number six at 3 p.m. For those on TSN, you can check it out locally on the north side of the border. And another elimination game, the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets, who had a flurry by Jamal Murray in that last game to keep it close and to live another day in the bubble off at Disney. Now, Harris might be coming back for the Denver Nuggets. It is rumored that he might be playing. So it should be interesting to see how many other bodies they can throw at the perimeter and at Mitchell to slow him down. But they got to play better defense. If they do not, do not key in defensively to stopping penetration, and the interior onslaught of dunks upon layups upon dunks that is partaking between Conley, Mitchell, Clarkson, and Gobert just dunking whatever he wants. Ingles is also contributing as well too. Porter has to play better defense once he gets isolated on those switches. 
because they are putting him on the island and they're trying to make him move his feet laterally, which vertically he can outjump the majority of people he's guarding. But if he's not going to commit himself defensively to getting low and getting across the lane and having that ball handler pass the ball off to the mismatch that they have on their defensive end, then his defensive less performance may be the Achilles heel for for the Denver Nuggets. They need to scave off. They just need they need a win. They play at 8:30 against the Utah Jazz who are looking not ahead but are looking to close off this series just like the LA Clippers if both teams are victorious. The second round only remains one outcome, and that would be the Den- uh, the Thunder versus the Rockets, who if, well, the Thunder can't get those three, Paul, Shea Alexander, and Gallinari, off to an offense productive performance. It's going to be a long game, and a road trip home for the Thunder. So that was a recap of the WNBA and NBA's events from last night's the Raptors face off against the Boston Celtics at 1 p.m. First time in history that they have encountered each other in a playoff series. Two different looking organizations from what they were at the beginning so we will see what takes place in the first game. I like to always just saying the passing of Chaswick Bozma, Clifford Robinson, and Lute Olson of the NBA family. There was a moment of silence throughout the course of these games to honor these individuals. Cliff Robinson, sixth man of the year in 93, part of the Portland Trailblazers um, team that made it to the finals. Lute Olsen was very instrumental in the foundation of building coaches and the community in the NBA. A lot of people have gone through, talked, and been involved in something that was six degrees of separation of that, of Lute himself. And Chaswick Bozma, who passed as well too, um, Wakanda is forever. All those roles that you brought to light for the young black youth and culture and just for an acknowledgement of society to what the norm is and what it should be. Um, It's hard for me to even go into more detail about that on what Chazwick Bozma did as an individual and what he was battling at the same time he was doing it. Um, most people would 
not be what he was or how he was going through having stage three multiple surgeries and you know stage four ultimately took his short historic life you know kobe passing early chaswick passing in august it just seems as 2020 wants us to i don't know it's been a tough tough year but we all physically and mentally together can get through this and look forward to what is ahead of us and be part of each other positively going forward forget all that negative vibes and collectively going forward we need to be supportive and encourage those who want positive change in the world going back in life is not how you go forward there's only one way to go forward and that is by taking one step forward at a time once again rest in power Chaswick Bozma Clifford Robinson Udolson thank you for what you've brought to my and other people's lives energy continuity just overall love and respect for the craft and what you have done throughout your career thank you for listening to lost in translation i am mr vhs enjoy the games today raptors boston 1 p.m round two does begin let's get it mask up be safe everyone